You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. If you are a fan of CW's Batwoman, then you are going to love this episode of this week's podcast. We feature actor Nick Cregan, who is a rising talent and is starring in season three of the series as Marcus Jett, who will be corrupted into a unique twist on the DC Universe's infamous Joker villain. That's right. Nick is playing Joker in CW's Batman. Upon the season's return on January 12th, which has already passed as of the recording of this podcast, so you can check him out now, Cregan will be the first black actor to portray the Joker character. So this is a fun and exciting interview that Ryan has landed with Nick. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast with actor Nick Cregan. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm going to be real for y'all uh, for a second here. Look, y'all can already tell in my voice the way it's breaking up here. I'm a little nervous to do this interview, you guys, because you know how interviews go with the Joker. And please tell me you following what I'm putting down. He didn't. I didn't get any playing cards, though, before I started this interview. So, so we might be okay. Did, did, did you check under under the book on your desk? Oh, 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 man, he's got started already. I didn't check, y'all. You know what? I'm just gonna leave a book. I got it on the side, so I'm just gonna leave it down, y'all. I'm not gonna check it. But you can already hear him over there. We got Marcus Jet, aka the Joker. And none of these, in my humble opinion, none of these characters will be possible without without the talented actor Nick Cregan. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? So good. Thank you for joining me. Um, We kind of started this before I hit record. I had to tell you, this is so cool. So awesome. When you watch so many superheroes as a blurred, as a black girl nerd, you don't often get to see a black villain. So you got to like walk us through like, you know, first of all, being able to find out, you know, you're in season three of Batwoman. Yeah. which I'm just going to tell y'all right now, y'all need to binge watch and get caught up because they're not episodes deep. And this by far is my favorite season of Batwoman. So you guys got to get caught up. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was saying it's, it's really a great season. Yeah, I'm loving it so far. So many twists and turns, so many twists on the characters when you think about uh, the Batman world. Um, but yeah, Nick, kind of like walk us through, like, where are you when you find out you're going to play the Joker? That's it's insane. Actually, um, it's interesting because I... So I had an apartment in Queens that I'm actually back at today where I'm doing this podcast from. Uh, My boy still lives here. So I was doing some press earlier and I stopped by to be able to record this. But I was here uh, back in August of 2021. I had already booked the role of Marcus Jett. And, you know, I was just assuming that Marcus, I kind of read between the lines and saw that he was going to be Ryan Wilder's brother. So I was like, okay, she's going to find out she has a brother. He'll probably stir up the pot, cause a little trouble. But I had no clue 
up until the day before I flew out to Vancouver that I was going to be playing the Joker. So what happened was Caroline Dries, um, after I booked the role, she said, hey, I just want to be able to, you know, FaceTime with you before you get out here. We could just talk through your character if you would want to, or you could just be surprised. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather find out exactly what the character arc is before I get there so I could just prepare myself and, you know, get my ducks in a row. And I got on FaceTime with her and she's like, okay, Nick, look, I know you know you're playing Marcus, but there's probably one other thing you don't realize that's happening. And I just should just say it. So you're going to be our version of the Joker. You're going to be the first ever person of color to play a version of the Joker on live action. And my mouth dropped and I was just like, I didn't compute what she said. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, you know, it was a, it was a, a big shock to me. A lot of emotions. I was extremely excited. Um, actually that night I rewatched the dark night just to kind of get in a vibe and mm, see what yeah. I wanted to pull from other actors who have performed this role before, but also I wanted to make sure that this was the most original, um, version of the Joker I could possibly give as well. Yeah, because if you think about it, um, you know, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Um, you know, we also had Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto, um, Joaquin Phoenix. But um, so I, I'm curious to know, though, um, starting out, where do you go? Like, where does the research come from? How do you find out how deep you want to go with the Joker? Because the Joker is a very dark character. But there's so many each of these actors and, you know, even yourself, you talk about this is such a new twist on it. How do you know how far you want to go? Well, um, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, the first thing that I did was I researched people's laughs, right? I wanted to know mm, how okay. everybody's laugh differed um, mm -hmm. because I think that the laugh is probably one of the biggest parts of the Joker. Um, and after realizing that my laugh is ridiculous on itself, on its own, <laughs> I just decided yeah. to keep Nick Regan's laugh and use that because a lot of my friends always joke on how my laugh is, so... I kind of kept that as uh, as original as possible. But on the other side of it, you know, when I was in Miami during Art Basel, I ran into Jared Leto randomly at a party and him and I spoke briefly. It was a really cool moment to be able to get a photo op with him and also just get his take on how, you know, if he has any advice on how I should attack the character. And he basically told me, hey, a lot of people are going to say to try to lean off, like going too deep, but all I can tell you is the more deep you go, the more fun you can have with it. And I accepted that. And, you know, I've been able to always be able to tap into dark places and come out of them. So as an artist, you know, I just feel like that's a part of our job. So the best performance I could possibly give is getting as deep into the character as I could possibly get. So um, I, as you'll see in the next few episodes, I went <laughs> I went head first. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, speaking of like head first, though, like you're talking about the laugh, which is, by the way, like you guys, that will that will pull you in, first of all, where you're like, oh, boy, I don't like where this is going. Um, but it's like a, it's a cool journey, too, though. But for me, it's when your eyes get big and you do like a little tap on your head on like on your temples of your head when you're like really getting into it, yeah. like when you really about to drop some you know, some knowledge about where, where, you know, where Marcus Jed is now or where the Joker is coming from. It goes like, it goes crazy. And not to mention like the hair color change up. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now that was one of my favorite parts of this because, you know, um, shout outs to the hair department on Batwoman because they sat me down uh, pretty much the first week I got there and they said, Hey, look, 
the fact is that Marcus Jett is going to change into our version of the Joker, and it's going to be the first person of color to do this. So we want you to be comfortable with what hair decision we make, you know, because every other Joker has had straight hair um, and mine obviously is not. So they asked what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, it would be really cool if we could get some type of dread looking situation going on, like a locks situation. So um, a few of the uh, the versions of, of his purple hair were in lock formation. Um, they did some braids as well. There's a lot of cool hairstyles that we get to do with, with his hair. So um, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. And then other than that, you know, you mentioned the uh, touching of the temple. I just, that was my first chance to really go deep into the, the maniacal side of Marcus, uh, episode eight. So when I was on that stage doing the uh, talk show game, game show host kind of version of him, it, it, was, right. it was a lot of fun. I just went with it. Um, the director, he was super happy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so excited as a viewer as well, because I'm watching this in real time. I haven't seen these episodes before they aired. So I'm honestly just as excited as you are and the rest of the viewers are. Yeah, I was going to ask if you go back and watch, like, it's hard to watch yourself. Do you go back and kind of watch it in real time and kind of see, um, you know, sink in into it? Like, you know, like us as fans, because um, like I said, it's just like you think of like Black Manta, Killmonger, you know, there's not a huge list of that, but it's like it was what what brought those guys out, you know, was being something different, you know, being able to see, um, you know, black people, those different layers and be able to go there, you know, where they're where yeah. it's like they're willing to take those risks and you don't get to see that all the time. No, you're totally right. And um, I try to take as many risks and make bold choices as possible. Um, I want actors of color to be able to look at this version of the Joker and say, I could do this too. You know what I mean? I want, I want people to be able to, um, you know, emulate the fact that they can aspire to be any role they want. And the fact that representation is, is uh, being put in the forefront right now, and I'm able to be a part of that means everything. So I'm watching it very closely. I'm excited to see every single episode, you know, not only just myself though, the fact that we have a black bat woman the fact that we have the first ever asian poison ivy like batwoman mm, is breaking yeah. so many barriers right now and i'm very proud of the producers for for um for opening this door for us and you mentioned killmonger um one of my hairstyles is uh pretty very similar to killmonger as well so that's a little easter egg for for black <laughs> panther fans yeah that's cool like i love that like because you don't even think about i love that you just pointed out the the past jokers and how their hair was and see that's stuff you don't think yeah. about because that representation is not always there exactly yeah um you mentioned too yeah. um oh go ahead go ahead no I, I was just saying you know and um i i try my best to just remember that this is the first ever joker of this kind you know what i'm saying i'm trying to set right, the tone yeah. for a brand new version of what the joker can be I, I want us to be able to now think outside of the yeah you know jack nicholson's and jared leto's and heath ledger's and obviously they're amazing and they're all like legendary actors but this it's time for us to be able to emulate different roles when there's gonna eventually be a first black batman as well right but, you know, and speaking of thinking outside of the box, and I think it's the relationships, too, around Marcus, around the Joker in this one, too, that give you a different feel, that tell you this is a whole different kind of level. You mentioned, um, you know, already Black Batwoman having Javicia Leslie, who's doing an amazing job in this. 
um, talk about what I think is so cool here is we started out with this very innocent kind of playful brother sister relationship and it just got amped up like so quickly you know when she figured out yeah. you know there was something that there was something she could do and and you know something's not quite right with Marcus you know something else is going on it just went from like one to ten so quickly what is that yeah. like playing with her on like that dramatic scale on set Oh my God. I love working with Javicia so much. Javicia is, uh, first of all, she, she welcomed me with open arms. You know, she's number one on the call sheet. So she sets the tone obviously when we, when we get to set and she's just very kind with her energy. Um, she's big on making people feel at home. So I felt very comfortable and welcome. The first scene we had together was, uh, the scene with her, myself and legendary Robin Givens, which also is incredible to be playing mm -hmm. alongside her. Um, but no, working with Javisi has been great. And, and the cool thing about this character is since I already knew where he was going, I was able to just add in little sprinkles of, of that Joker seasoning in there from early on. Like you can see little glimpses of, of eh, this dude is a little like he's cool, but I don't trust him. Like a lot of fans were saying, like, there's something about Marcus that isn't wrapped too tightly, especially <laughs> yeah. when we got to the uh, Professor Pig episode. When he, mm, yeah, you know, he was defending his family, but he looked like he enjoyed it a little too much. Um, and and that episode was fun in particular because Javicia and Megan, uh, Megan Tandy, who plays Sophie, they 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 watched me, <laughs> they watched me kill Professor Pig, and then when I got up, they were just looking at me. Their face was just, you know, that look. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Are you good?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> So uh, playing with them is a lot of fun. Well, I was going to ask you, like, that stuff has got to be like, listen, listen, let's be real. OK, the Joker, like, has people thinking like, oh, hold up, hold up. You know, let me put a little barrier right here. You know, I might need to step out a little bit, come back. You know, that's just the world of the Joker. But it's yeah. got to be fun. It's got like some of the stuff the Joker does and just the way he can play, um, you know, this version that you're doing here, the way just Marcus started out in general, the way he works the relationships around him, the way he works a room, you know, yeah. his business mindset. It's it looks like it's just so much fun and you know, the set and the and the things he gets to play with. Yeah, this is by far, and you know, obviously I've loved being able to work in every role I've done, but this is the fun, the most fun role I've ever had. It's just it's a dream role because you know, when you look at every version of the Joker, they have fun. All they're doing all day is messing with people and, and pulling on, you know, different heartstrings. You know, I'm able to be super vulnerable. There was one scene that I had that I really loved with um, my mom, with Robin Gibbons. And, you know, obviously at first it's like crying, saying mommy and all this stuff. And then with a snap of a finger, all of a sudden he rips out his IV and wraps it around her neck and starts like, terrorizing her so it's a lot of fun obviously this is not I love being able to play roles that are just totally different than what I am in a regular day life like I'm goofy fun um funny which I do add in little parts of of comedy and goofiness into uh the Joker but I'm able to just kind of go places that I can't go in regular life so it is a lot of fun and you know what? I want to mention that you were half frozen when you did that. And I was like, whoo, this just went to a whole other level. When you popped up out, the, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was yeah. like, because I thought he was like, you know, somewhat sedated and just out. And I was just like, boy, Mama Bear going to have her time with this one. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that that scene was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and it, it was emotional. I had to tap in, obviously, to uh, some 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 sadness, but it was just cool being able to just snap um, right away into this craze. So uh, that that scene in particular was a lot of fun, and I love being able to go back and forth. You know, uh, feeding off people's vulnerability in certain scenes. Like you'll see certain scenes where you might not be sure if you're supposed to hate this dude or root for him or how Absolutely. you feel, you might feel yep. bad for him. Um, and, and, and a lot of it also for me has to deal with, uh, you know, putting mental illness in the forefront of the discussion too, right? Like, right. Yeah. obviously he has issues and, and um, he has not been able to fully deal with them from childhood. So uh, I, I feel like it's important to also say that our community, especially the black and brown community, um, should start realizing, and we have been, but more and more people should start realizing that mental health is a huge topic that needs to be talked about. Yeah, and you can't, and it's and it's interesting too, going back to um, Robin Gibbons' character playing played um, plays uh, Jada Jet, and that mama bear role she's taking to try to protect Marcus. But you wonder, in a sense, you like, is she really helping him? You know, that's something you can't take on by yourself. You know, she's been trying to do this for years. Right. So I'm exactly. curious. Yeah. And you know, and that, and that, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm curious what you, like you talked to about the mental, um, you know, mental awareness in the black community. What, um, I guess you kind of looking back to as a viewer, kind of go back, watch the show. Do you think she has, you think she has the ability to say from the be to be there for him? Or do you think Marcus just sees that more of just like, it's a constant trap? Well, I, I, I think that, so you're asking if she has the ability to, to, to help him? Yeah, do you it? think it's more of like just enabling him? Because I think sometimes, you know, when that mama bear role kicks in, she wants to protect them so bad, but I'm like, has she, you know, go ahead. You can tell that she loves him, right? Like you can right, tell right. there's a lot of love there, but I think it's always been an enabling factor. You know, when you see mm, yeah. the clip of, all of the uh, childhood videos where he's disrespecting her and he killed, you know, he killed his, pretty much poisoned his father. Right. And um, all she did was, was try to protect him from going to prison. Like she doesn't want him to go to Arkham. She's trying to freeze him as opposed to getting him actual mental help. Like what, what type of mother does that? You know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah. she, she has her heart in the right place, but it also, she's still doing a lot of toxic activities instead of, you know, actually helping him. And I'm just to, just to kind of uh, change it up a little bit here on the same token, because uh, I feel like they're always coming at Marcus. They're always coming at the Joker here with somewhere to take him out for a little bit. Like he's always, he's always sedated somewhere. He's always like kind of secluded off a little bit. Javicia had a running joke and she said, all I do on that, she said, all I do on the show is cause trouble and sleep. Like I'm a baby. <laughs> True though. Cause you're like, man, like, cause it's like some parts where he goes like, and I won't spoil it for anybody. Cause I know we're making our way through the, through the later half of the season here. But when you guys get to like episode eight, going into episode nine, you know, some is there's a big showdown between um the Joker and Batwoman. Um, you know, Marcus, Marcus and um and it's just it's I don't know. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to skate around it without giving out too too much away, but it's it's just the 
the the combination of the way they always get to Marcus or the way they always shut the Joker down has you like, well, dang, is that just a final shot? Like, can he take anymore? It's <laughs> I'll say one thing. Marcus is super resilient because he, he always finds a way to just come back. So, I mean, without spoiling what just happened, uh, you know, for, for people who aren't caught up yet, um, it will be interesting to see how he comes back from this one. Oh gosh. I hope he, I just hope that, you know, I hope Jada J just back up a little, you know, a couple steps though, when it happened, that's the only thing I'm putting out. I'm putting out in the universe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> oh Lord. You know what? We just go pray for, for Jada J. We're just going to do that as we continue to go throughout the, throughout the season here. But, um, so what, I don't know, this might be hard. Cause I love the asses though. Cause you, I feel like you've done so many like cool things where you, whether you're playing, going from Marcus starting off and, we just getting an intro to his world and and what it's been like, you know, to be, you know, this rich, uh, rich minded business owner, you know, to be black in that world as as um, this, um, you know, like the same or, you know, as well. And I'm just curious uh, for you, what's been like the favorite moment or the most challenging thing you have to do so far? Because we're up to nine. I don't know if you guys keep track of like the season, the, the episodes that you're doing, them, but like what can you say so far? There's been like the most, yeah, or like most exciting scene, maybe. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but episode 12, that's my Ooh, favorite. Okay, okay. For sure. Um, that is, that was my most challenging because of the amount of material and how much things happened. Um, it was a lot of heavy lifting, but I enjoyed it so much. It was my, probably my favorite episode I shot. Um, I won't say anything about what happens, but uh, there's okay. a lot that happens in episode 12. So uh, yeah, I would say that was my most challenging, but also most fun. And from what we've shot already that people have seen, my favorite moment would probably be probably episode eight. Yeah, okay. I really loved yeah. I really loved the party, being able to throw the party and then having that scene with Poison Ivy um, where we're dancing and, you know, things get kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith for a minute. Um, yeah they do yeah yeah and then obviously the uh the 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 finale scene in in episode eight with uh with all four of us on the roof that was uh that was awesome yeah that's a dope scene you guys got to check that out if you haven't um you can catch on the cw app um you catch it every wednesday um nine um and then eight central so yeah just just check it out you guys because you will i'm telling you not be disappointed this is hands down my favorite uh batwoman season so far because it's like we talked about so much yeah, like you guys are just killing the game. It's so dope because it's so different. Like you get tired of seeing like the same kind of, you know, hero stone that you, you want to see this twist because sometimes you already know the story, you know, right. you know, you think you know where it's going to go, but putting these twists on it, adding a diversity and you guys put in your own flair on it. It's just been so cool. It's so dope to watch. And you talking about, you said episode 12, right? Yeah, episode 12 is a big one. All right, I made the note because I'm ready. I want to see, I can't <laughs> wait to see what's going on when he comes back. Okay, that sounds good. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for you. Um, but before you go here, I want to go back to you did a short film called um, "A Balcony in Brooklyn." Yeah, and I was just curious, like, tell me about that. Like, why "Balcony in Brooklyn"? So, "Balcony in Brooklyn" uh, that was my first solo uh, short film with my friends uh, Dennis Williams and Vladimir Galen. Uh, one day, you know, during COVID in 2020, I was in my apartment in Queens, actually. Uh, and I was with Glad and we were watching movies and our friend Dennis texted us and said, hey, 
I want y'all to watch Clapping for the Wrong Reasons, which is a short film by Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish mm -hmm. Gambit, you know? So we turned it on, we watched it, and we were like, damn, this is dope because you don't really know if it's a dream or if it's reality. And it seems like the day repeats itself the next day, kind of like Groundhog's Day or Palm yeah. Spring. And we said, you know what? We're kind of going through this right now during with COVID. Like every day is the same thing. What would happen if COVID lasted forever? Like what if it was, it was 2025 and we're still in the same type of quarantine that we've been in with all these rules and regulations? How would life be? Would we be able to have fun? Um, what if Black Lives Matter continues to last? Like, what if people keep marching? Like, how how would our mental state be? So we decided to make a film about being trapped pretty much on a balcony in Brooklyn during COVID 2025, as if it never ended. And we used themes of that plus racial things and just being able to be around people who are friends and what life looks like if that was to happen. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, you know, just thinking about like, there's only limited people you can be around, limited ways you can shoot films and everything when you're in a pandemic. Um, yeah, but yeah, that we, is that mindset it, of what like, do you do? Yeah. Yeah, we shot it in the middle of the pandemic. We had to do COVID regulations and um, there were only 20 people, I think, that mm -hmm. day here, including extras and cast and crew. So um, we shot it on our roof in Queens and we made it look like Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, it's basically about a roommate that live well two roommates that live together and they see things in opposite ways nick my character he follow rules and he's been doing it for the past five years and then glad his roommate uh he has said f it and he's decided to start throwing parties underground house parties and um try to make his own rules during code quarantine yeah, that's that's I, I like I'm just so cool. It's I think it's so cool going into the quarantine, how everybody's thinking outside the box and doing something different and just having a real like a lot of fun with how artistic they're being and and you know changing up the game about how you can do film and how you can get your message out there. I think it's super cool. Hundred percent. Um, okay, last thing here. I heard you're a Bob Marley fan. So what is your go-to Bob Marley song? And also, does Marcus Jett listen to Bob Marley? Oh, he needs to listen to Bob Marley. <laughs> Maybe he'll be a little more calm. Um, I, yeah, I'm a huge Bob Marley fan. You know, my mom, her whole side of the family's from Jamaica. I actually just got back from Jamaica a couple of weeks ago. I was there to start off the year. But my favorite two go-to Bob Marley songs are Zimbabwe and uh, Misty Morning, which are, you know, I, Zimbabwe is pretty popular, but Misty Morning is like a little less popular. People that are just mainstream Bob Marley listeners haven't heard it most likely. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, I was gonna say, I know Zimbabwe, but I've heard the other one. Yeah, you should listen to Misty Morning. It's one of my favorites. It's like, it's a great, honestly, it's a good song to start the day. It's a good song to run to, work out to, um, or just vibe out to. I think uh, it, it sets the tone for, for, for a good day. It's like kind of edgy. It's not super happy. It's not mm -hmm. super sad. It's, it's, Oh, that's cool. Well, look, I'm about to add that to my playlist right now. And you guys better go get ready to binge watch Batch Woman season three. If you're not yeah. already, get ready because you guys are going to have some discussions. It's so cool mixing up the game. I think changing up the game. So this is going to be cool to, to see where this goes. And yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Nick, thank you so much. It's been so much fun talking the Joker world. What you talking about being evil? Because, you know, sometimes it's fun to be evil. Sometimes it is. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially especially when people uh, don't know whether they should like it or not. <laughs>
Yes. And I'm about to not lift up this book. Okay. I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to leave this book down with this card I think you under leave it. it down. I don't think you should touch it for right now. Yeah. I mean, at least until, at least until you go and like, I stop, you know, the recording and everything I might be safe, but I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really trust it. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in between right now. <laughs> okay. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Nick. I mean, again, you guys go check it out. I can't tell you enough. Check out the CW app if you need to catch up. If you're not missing it, if you're missing it live, definitely check out the CW app. And again, thank you so much, Nick. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.